Good morning. Welcome to Poplar Springs. Today is a day where we pause to honor our graduates. And in just a minute, we're going to see the graduates that have been working a long time. But right now, we're going to celebrate those who've just finished their first step, their kindergarten year. And a long time ago, a man named Robert Fulton wrote a little thing called Everything I Need to Know About Life I Learned in Kindergarten. It's been a while since I've read it, so I thought I'd share a little bit of it today because I think this voice this is important. And for all of us, this is important. These are the things I learned in kindergarten. Share everything. Play fair. Don't hit people. Put things back where you found them. Clean up your own mess. Amen. Don't take things that aren't yours. Say you're sorry when you hurt somebody. Wash your hands before you eat. Flush. <laughs> Warm cookies and cold milk are good for you. Live a balanced life. Learn some and drink some and draw some and paint some and sing and dance and play and work every day some. This one, if y'all can figure out how to do it, do it. Take a nap every afternoon. <laughs> when you go out into the world, watch out for traffic. Hold hands and stick together. Be aware of wonder. Remember the little seed in the styrofoam cup? The roots go down and the plant goes up and nobody really knows how or why, but we're all like that. Goldfish and hamster and white mice and even the little seed in the styrofoam cup, they all die. So do we. And then remember the books, the first words you learned, the biggest word of all. Look. And that's where he stopped, but I want to continue. Look at God's creation all around you. Take care of it. Love it. Spend time in it. Look at other people and really see them. Care for them. Treat them, as God's Word tells us, treat them like you would want to be treated. But most importantly, look to God. Trust in Him. And the Bible tells us in Isaiah 40:31. But those who trust in the Lord will receive new strength. They will fly high as eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not grow weak. So we have four kindergartners um, this year that we want to recognize. Two of them were unable to be with us this morning. We have Luke Greer, who was not there on vacation. He graduated, finished kindergarten at the Early Learning Center and is headed to Anderson Mill Elementary School. And we have Maddox Criswell. He also finished kindergarten this year. But I want to invite the two that we have. So first of all, we have Isaiah Howard. Isaiah, come on up. Come on. And we have a small gift for you. This is Our Daily Bread for Kids, 365 Meaningful Moments with God. So you can read this with your mom and dad every day. And it's great. Eli and I read it every night. He loves it. So, um, Isaiah graduated from kindergarten at River Ridge Elementary and will continue his education there. And then we have Nathan Bridwell. Nathan graduated from kindergarten at Duncan Elementary and will also continue his education at Duncan. Let's give these boys a round of applause. If we can have mom or dad stand up where Nathan and I saw them come in. There they are, right up there. In just a moment, we're going to ask you to stand, and uh, Susan's going to play, and we're going to ask our high school and college graduates to come in. But before we have them come in, uh, I was excited as I was out in the hallway meeting with them earlier because so many of them had family here. If you're a, mem- if you're a family member of one of these uh, that's about to enter the building, would you just stand first and let us see you? you got parents and grandparents and there's people in the balcony. Listen, these are folks who have invested a lot 
in what we're just about to see. Can we give them a hand this morning? And thank you. Thank you for raising your loved ones well and for allowing us all to have a part of that. Now I'm going to ask everyone to stand, if you will, as our graduates enter. I informed our graduates just a, a minute ago that they were going to introduce themselves to you today. Now, some of them, their faces dropped when I shared that with them, but I know they'll do a fine job. But we are proud of each and every one of you, um, uh, that we are able to sit here and recognize you today because there is a lot of hard work to go behind this graduation, this diploma that you're about to that you're going to receive. So I'm going to let you come up at this time and share with us your name, where you graduated from, and what God has in store for you in the future. Grace Fraley, I graduated from Dorman High School and I'll be attending the University of South Carolina to study business. I'm Arden Layton, I graduated from Woodruff High School and I'll be going to SEC for HVAC. My name is Rusty Lipford. I graduated from Burns High School and I'll be attending USC Upstate for secondary education. My name is Michaela Mitchell. I attended Burns High School and I will be going, doing a business online. My name is Denisha Moise. I went to Burns High School and I'll be going to USC Beaufort to study biology. Spartanburg Community College and I just finished nursing and I will be going to Spartanburg Regional to Trauma ICU. It's been our privilege to be able to give these students a discipleship study Bible uh, to help them on their discipleship journey. And I hope that they'll use it well, and I hope that you'll pray for them as they do. We had a video. I'm going to ask uh, Ryan to show it, and then the choir will sing.
dying, no more trouble or strife. We will live through the ages by the beautiful tree of life. When some glad tomorrow with the saints I'll stand. Gonna put on a crown and walk around all over God's promised land. Stand together as we lift our voices together towards the Lord now, singing, He Keeps Me Singing. There's within my heart a melody, Jesus whispers sweet and low. Dear night I am with thee, peace be still. In all of life's ebb and flow, Jesus, 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 sweet as may my name I know, fills my every longing in my heart, that keeps me singing as I go. All my life was wrecked by sin and strife, and discord filled my heart with pain. Swept across the broken street, stirred the slumbering chords again. Jesus, 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 is the sweetest name I never know. Feels my every longing in my mind, keeps me singing as I go. Soon he's coming back to welcome me. Far beyond the starry sky, I shall wing my flight to worlds unknown. I shall reign with Him on high. Jesus, 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 sweetest name I never know, fills my every longing in my heart. Keeps me singing.
Mountains are still being moved. Strongholds are still being loosed. God, we believe it. Yes, we can see that. Wonders are still what you do. Today, in your name, we come because we only want to move of your spirit here today. We don't want to do anything on our own. We don't want to make anything up. We don't want to force anything. We just want you to move in our midst. So would you now empower 
your man of the hour to speak your word to us. And will you give us receptive hearts? Will you allow us to, and would you command us to put all things aside that might be cluttering our thinking to concentrate and focus solely on you? We love you. Oh, we love you and we thank you so much for loving us. In Jesus' name. You may be seated. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Scott. Appreciate all of our musicians and our singers and uh, grateful that you are here today. Our guests that are with us, so grateful that you are a part of this service today. Now, today's going to be a, a little bit different maybe than what we usually do. I've been in uh, the book of Nehemiah. We're going to take a break out of that book today and I really want to speak. Um, I, I wish that all the graduates could just come and hang out with us at our house. All right. If you were close by and you were in Columbia, I'd tell you to come over and I'd get Pat. Pat makes a mean peach cobbler. All right. I don't know about you, but I doubt that you're saved if you do not like peach cobbler. All right. And especially, I mean, a hot peach cobbler and then a big old scoop of Briar's vanilla bean ice cream. Amen. I say let's just go right now to the fellowship hall. All right. And we'll just bust some out. But I wish you could just come to our house, and I would just love to be able to, to know you a little bit more intimately and just hear your heart about what you think God is doing in your life and what do you think the future has for you. And, and you know what? I'm at that age now. I mean, almost 60. In just a few weeks, I'll be 60. And, and I, I, to be honest, I, I have seen a lot of things in 60 years. I've made a lot of mistakes. Somebody say amen. Still make mistakes. And I would love to be able just to kind of just talk to you about, about life and, and kind of what you're thinking right now. And so here's what we're going to do today. I'm just going to, I'm going to read a passage of Scripture because I didn't know where to go into uh, 1 Timothy or whether to go into Proverbs. So guess what we're going to do? Both. So I'm going to do something I never, ever do. Okay, I never do this, but I'm going to do it today. I'm going to read 1 Timothy. And there's just a passage there in chapter 4 um, that I think is just really good and it's right for this morning. And uh, so I, I want you to read it, but then I'm just going to share my heart. And I want to share my heart with the graduates. And, uh, and, and honestly, it's something that I think all of us can learn from. But I really want to speak to their hearts today. So look with me at 1 Timothy chapter 4. And while you're turning and finding your place, let me say a couple of things. Number one, if you've been doing this heart searching for a personal revival, then you understand we're down the home stretch. As a matter of fact, depending on when you started, today was your last day or tomorrow is going to be your last day. So, Ken, what do we do now? Well, here's what I think we should do. I don't usually do this kind of thing often. Start over. You hear me? Start over. And I think there's some of these that are still out there. I know it's online. I appreciate Donna putting that online. And I'm going to encourage you, if you're going to finish up, I'm going to ask you to start over. Second thing I want to challenge you to do is, there are some envelopes that look just like this that say, Sacrifice Sunday. Most of you know, maybe you don't know, but just in case you don't know, next week is our fifth Sunday, and it's our next Sacrifice Sunday. Everything that comes in next week through our giving is going to go toward debt reduction. And what we've been praying for is next Sunday will be the last time you'll ever, whether it's a transitional pastor or your full-time pastor, the last time a pastor is ever going to get up and say, we need to pay this debt off because next Sunday you're going to pay the debt off. All right? So that'll be the last time that is ever said. It, won't that be good? Because you've heard it for a long time, haven't you? And so you won't have to hear anybody else get up and ask, would you give? Because you're going to give. I ask you to do three things. To pray, to give, and to celebrate. And I believe that's what we're going to do. And so that means we've got to work. We've got, we got to work. Maybe, maybe staff meeting. We can talk a little bit Tuesday. Figure out who. I don't even know who like the fellowship committee is. I'm still green as a gourd. All right? So I've got to figure all that out. Because after next Sunday, that means we've got to have a party. All right? And we're going to celebrate that God's going to pay this debt off. And I'm going to have to worry about that. That any anymore, and then on top of that, next week, listen, that would be that would be good enough. But even better than that, listen to me, even better than that. Guess what we're going to do next Sunday? We're going to have communion together. 
There is no more precious time in the body of a church than when we gather to have communion. And we get to eat together from the Lord's table and just remember what God did for us through Jesus. That we can have hope and eternal life. So I'm just telling you, I know what next week is. I know it's Memorial Day weekend and some of you are going to be gone. And I'm going to be jealous because you're going to be at the beach and I'm not. But for all of us who are here, we're going to have a wonderful time together. Now just listen to these words because Paul is writing to... Timothy, and so here is the mentor speaking to the mentee. So here's a guy who has experienced Jesus and all kind of spiritual experiences, good and difficult, and now he's kind of just mentoring and pouring into this young, beloved disciple. And listen to what he says. I'm going to begin in verse 6. If you put these things before the brothers, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus. Being trained in the words of faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed. Have nothing to do with irreverent silly myths. Rather, train yourselves for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is is a value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance for to this end we toil and strive because we have our hope set on the living God who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. Command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Until I come, devote yourselves to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them. So that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this. For by so doing you will save both yourself and your hearers. I love these words. And and, and I I can feel Paul as he is writing. And and he's just wanting Timothy to, to understand where his heart is at. And he's trying to prepare him for what lies before him. So to all the graduates today, one, I'm thankful that you are where you are. And, you know, sometimes we say, you know, here's here's this chapter and the next chapter and next chapter. And so in some ways you've you've kind of closed one chapter and now you're getting ready to open up life to the next chapter. And you're going to face all kinds of things. And so I just jotted five bullets. Now, I may give you more, all right? But I I jotted five things down this week. So here's the first one. Your plans and dreams for the future may change, but the Word of God is sure and trustworthy. You're going to make lots of decisions. You're, You're going to make tons and tons of decisions. As a matter of fact, Proverbs 16 says this, The plans of the heart belong to man. But the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. Verse 9. The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. You're going you're gonna to make all kinds of decisions. And, and you're going to think you're going to go in one direction. Maybe somebody's asked you, what are you going to study? What's your major? What are you going to do? What kind of job are you going to have? I'm telling you, they mean well, but some of those questions can be very intimidating, Right? Because right now you may not know exactly what you want to do. Every one of you talked about either a business or a major. Or, and hey, and you know what? I did the same thing. And guess what? The Lord changed it. <laughs> and He has the right to change it. And so I would encourage you today to have plans. Okay? Dream. Dream big. Nothing wrong with that. But just know that that what you think you may be doing, God may change, right? But here's what never changes. The Word of God that you have read, the Word of God that you have studied, the Word of God that you've hid in your heart, guess what? His Word is never going to change. And so I'm going to encourage you. Some of you going off, you're going to live in a different city. You're going to be on your own. Every mama is scared to death because their baby is going to go somewhere, right? 
And every dad's thinking, Lord, this is costing me more than I thought it was going to cost me. And you're going to, you're going to get to taste a little bit of independence. And you know what? That is so good. Good for you. But in doing so, I want you to trust Jesus. Stay close and stay clean. You're going to make lots of decisions and you're going to make lots of changes. But I want you to hold on to God's unchanging hand. Your plans and dreams for the future may change. But the word of God is sure. He never changes. The second thing I tell you is this. The decisions you make today are the realities that you will live with tomorrow. Now, there's some folks in this room that if they had enough gut and gumption, they would stand up and say amen to that one. The decisions that you make today are the realities that you are going to live with tomorrow. So when you do make decisions, you better pray through it. When you make decisions, you better really think, Lord, I need you to give me wisdom and counsel because I'm going to make a decision. Listen to me. Every decision has consequence. You understand that? Now, here's the good news. Grace can provide forgiveness for any bad decision that we make. And that's a good thing, right? So that takes a little bit of the pressure off that God is good and God is gracious. And even when we blow it, even when we make a mistake, even when we make a bad decision, God is good and he's wonderful and he will, he will forgive. Listen, your, your, your failure doesn't have to be final, right? But you've got to know this. You will have consequences with each decision that you make. And you may have to live with something that you don't want to necessarily live with. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding. But in all your ways acknowledge Him and He will do what? He will direct your path. And so I'm hoping and praying for you that you will let the Word be your guide. That you will continue to read the Word, to memorize it, to pray it, to live it. To allow the Word to be your light. My prayer is that you would be shaped by the Gospel. That you will not fall to the pressure of unbiblical thinking. Because you are going to be exposed to some thinking that you may never have ever been exposed to before. And you're going to be challenged. And I, I'm praying that your faith, listen, I hope that you will begin to own your faith. It's not mama's faith. It's not daddy's faith. It's not the church's faith. It is your faith in Jesus that will give you the frame and the structure. But you're going to be exposed to a lot of unbiblical thinking. I promise you that. But walk in integrity. Walk with character. Make much of the spiritual discipline, especially the discipline of prayer. The decisions that you make today are the realities that you will have to live with tomorrow. I could, listen, there, there's a lot of folks I could, man alive. I meant to bring a, a letter, but I forgot it. I know exactly where it's at. I made a decision. It was a bad one. Somebody say amen. And the consequence is I can't read it to you. But in this letter, here's a heartbroken pastor because he, he made some decisions. And those decisions lasted less than three minutes. But in less than three minutes, he lost his ministry, he lost his family, he lost everything in less than three minutes. Why? Because of a bad decision. Did God forgive him? Yes. But he still had to live with the consequence of that decision. Third thing I would tell you is this. Listen closely. Show me your friends and I will show you your future. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Proverbs 13, 20 says, He who walks with wise men will be wise. But the companion of fools will suffer harm. God calls you to be salt. God calls you to be light. My prayer for you is that whatever campus you find yourself on, I heard a lot of USC this morning. Woo! Go Cox! Yeah! Yeah! I love it! Hey, find salt. Find light when you get there. 
find you a good church. Find you a Bible-believing community that you can connect with. Why? Because you're going to need it every single day. And, and, and your friendships are going to have influence. We all know that. That's true, right? And I'm encouraging you, don't let unhealthy thinking, unbiblical thinking begin to influence you. Be careful of the three A's. Applause, approval, and acceptance. If you are not careful, you will begin to alter your belief in order that you could be accepted. You could alter your belief so that you could be applauded. You could alter your belief so that you could find some sense of approval. Why? Because all of us love being in relationship and people and we want to be loved. We want to be accepted. We want to be validated and valuable. There's, uh, uh, that, that's not wrong. But as a child of God, hey, let's do the right thing the right way. Isn't that right, church? And so, so instead of you being influenced, why don't you be the influencer? Find you salt and light. Men and women of integrity. Somebody that will love you enough to tell you, you're about ready to mess up. Do you know that I've got, I'll just tell you a little bit about me. I've got four friends. I'm going to walk. This is probably not the right thing to do. Chris, I'll go ahead and apologize to you now, all right? I've got four friends that are, are tight. We are tight. Matter of fact, we are so tight, I can think a thought and they might know it. True. We're that close. As a matter of fact, these four men know everything that Pat knows about me. That's the truth, isn't it? I've got four men in my life that if I start to veer off center and I start thinking some things that are irrational, unbiblical, and they know that it's a dead end street, do you know what they will do? They love me so much, Joy, they will get in my grill and let me know it. Everybody in this room, you need somebody like that in your life that loves you so much that when you begin to drift, they can bring you right back in line. I'm going to tell you, that's somebody that really loves you. Rufus Phipps, first time I ever, first time anybody ever loved me so much to get in my grill was a guy named Rufus Phipps. Now think about this, I was pastoring in 2000. And that man, I'm telling you, we, we, got, we were thick as thieves. And one day he came to my office. Now I'd been fasting. I, I was on a 30-day fast. And there's a lot of things that happen to your body on a fast. One of those things is your, your stomach, your juices, and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and it can give you bad breath, to be honest. It can give you bad breath. So you've got to kind of watch that. Bad breath can be offensive. Somebody say Amen. I mean, you don't want bad breath and come into a room like this and, you know, be sitting close to somebody and Scott breaks out and, breathe on me. You don't want that, all right? It's not good. Not good. And so one morning before the service, my do- there was a knock at the office door and I opened the door. It was Rufus. I said, Rufus, come on in. He said, well, Pat, he was from Syracuse, New York, so he had, you know... He wasn't from Greer, all right? He wasn't from Greer. And, and he said, brother, I love you so much. I need to tell you something. And I thought, oh, my, what is it? He said, your breath smells like you just swallowed your socks. <laughs> now, I could let that offend me, or I could say, you know what? You're right. And here's why. That man loved me enough to let me know something about myself because he didn't want me stepping into an arena where it could be offensive. Now, shouldn't we love each other so much in the Christian life that we have people in our own relational network that love us so much that when we begin to drift, they're going to give us wise biblical counsel and say, you better get your... Hey, you, you've had a bad dose of stinking thinking. And now it's time to reel that back in. Everybody in this room, you need somebody like that in your life. It's not just for college students who are getting ready to go to college. This one's for everybody in this room. Amen? We all need that. 
And one reason why the church is so weak and anemic is because we don't want to be accountable to anybody. Let me tell you something. Here's a good life lesson. If you want to be a man or a woman of authority, you will always find yourself under authority. The man or woman who doesn't want to be under authority will never be a true person of authority. So we're all, listen, we are in this thing together. And maybe you're not going to college, but maybe I just hit a nerve. Matter of fact, I think I might just preach a while. Because there are some people in your relational network who aren't influencing you for God and for good and for the sake of the gospel. You better be careful. You show me your friends, and I will show you your future. Here's another thing I would say. A need seen may in fact be an assignment given. I used to say a need seen was an assignment given. I backed up on that a little bit because here's what I'm learning. There's a lot going on in the world, and if we're not careful, we want to be a part of all of it. And even in the church, there are things that happen in the church that that we could be responsible for. And there's things that we can be concerned about. And there's a difference in those two things. And so as as you are walking into this next chapter of life, here's what I really want to say about that. Just don't be sluggards. Be careful. Proverbs 13.4 says this, The soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. So don't be lazy. Stay on top of it. Go to bed early. Yeah, go to bed early. Get up early. Don't wait. Be diligent. Be obedient. I don't know who said this, but I sure did like it. The Lord will never educate you beyond your obedience. Let me say that one again. The Lord will never educate you beyond your obedience. And so it could be that as you are doing life, God begins to show you His plan for your life. And He begins to kind of shape and mold you because you are uniquely made and you're you're uniquely gifted. All of us in this room, if you're saved by grace, the Bible says that God gives us spiritual gifts. Now, all of us don't have the same spiritual gift. And neither do all of us have the same place in the body. Some are feet, some are hands, some are eyes, some are ears, some are noses, some are tongues, some are teeth. But we're all a part of a body. And what makes it so beautiful is when we act together as a body. And so God could be showing you some things. And when you see a need, it could be. That that's a part of God's gifting and you begin to understand why you've been created. And you begin to live life with purpose. Every man in this room knows one thing for sure. A man who does not have a reason to get out of bed is a miserable man. Every man has to have purpose. Let me ask you a question. What's your purpose? Why did God create you? Can I ask a harder question? Two years after you die, will it even matter that you ever lived? Do you live with purpose? Or are you just trying to to get by? You think the American dream is where it's at? I hope. I really like that video. We should be praying for our students. But we shouldn't be praying that they get rich and they get happy and that they fulfill the American dream. Because I got news for you. The American dream is an American nightmare. And what we should be praying for our kids is they are shaped by the gospel, live the gospel, sing the gospel, preach the gospel, pray the gospel, live out the gospel. And whatever assignment God gives you, if you become a teacher, great. If you, if you work at McDonald's, great. If you're a mechanic, great. If, if God calls you to ministry, great. By the way, everybody that names the name of Jesus is in the ministry. It's just your unique assignment. 
Matter of fact, if you're a born-again child of God, you're really not a teacher in District 5 or District 6. You're a Christian who is undercover, acting like a teacher in District 5 and District 6. No, you're a born-again child of God on assignment. I'm telling you, man, reshape your thinking. Did you know that everything you and I own one day is going to rot, rust, and decay? And we fight for it, don't we? We we don't like it when somebody scratches our car. Got a brand new car. You can't have it 15 minutes, can you? Go to Walmart and somebody put a dent in it. And you parked it so you could park in between two different parking places, didn't you? You parked a mile away so nobody would put a scratch on it. But they put a scratch on it and it just messed you up. Life is much more than a new car. Life is much more than a bigger house. Because when you stand before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the only thing that's going to matter is what did we do with Jesus, right? What did we do with the gospel? Last thing I'd say is this. You are an extension of God's hand. Proverbs 4, 14 and 15 says, Do not enter the path of the wicked. And do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn away from it and pass on. You are an extension of God's hand. You set the example. Isn't that what Paul was telling Timothy? You set the example. I know that you are looking up to other people, but I want you to understand something. People are also looking at you. You set the example. So be careful. Everybody in this room has strengths. You've got a strength. But an unguarded strength can become your greatest weakness. How many of you remember Peter in the Bible? Just wave at me. Okay, it's not a trick question, all right? So remember Peter, Mr. Impetuous? Mr. I'm large and in charge, right? Do you remember Jesus came to Peter one day and says, Peter, do you love me? And it just really messed him up, right? Y'all remember that? It just kind of messed him up. Three times the Lord asked him, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And he was just kind of all messed up about it. On another occasion, Jesus came to Peter and said, you know, Peter, here's the deal. I've been having a talk with Satan. And Satan has asked permission to sift you. Now, some of you know what a sift is. Okay? But, but, but a, sift, a sift, sifter, so if you've got some flour and you put it in a sifter, you're getting all the, 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 the junk out and you throw the junk away. I know that's foreign language to a lot of people in this room, Right? But it's the picture of something that could have some elements in it that aren't good, and you are, you are eliminating that, and then what you have is good, and, and it's the best. Okay? So you could just imagine flour, you like biscuits, and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. All right. Anyway. So Satan has desired to sift you. And Peter, i just got to tell you, I've been thinking about it, and what you need is a good swift sifting. So I've told the devil, think about this, this isn't what I'm telling you is in the Bible. I told the devil that he could sift you, but he can't kill you. He can sift you, but he can't kill you. And when you come through it, you are going to strengthen the brethren. Now why did Jesus allow that to happen? See, Peter's greatest strength was his strength. He's the guy that said, I will never deny you. Y'all remember what he did, don't you? I'm just telling you, be careful. Your greatest strength, left unguarded, will become your greatest weakness. And so you have to see yourself as an extension of, Of God's hand. Now when you fall. And you're going to fall. 
You just got to know that failure is never final. Your faith is going to be tested. But a faith that can't be tested is a faith that can't be trusted. So God's going God's to let you learn and grow and God's going to show you some things. And I'm just going to tell you, honest admission, nobody in my generation may tell you this, but I'm going to tell it to you. We've done a very poor job giving you an example to live by. That's just my estimation. That's just me. That's my estimation. I'm still in the classroom. I haven't graduated yet. And God's still knocking all the rough spots off of me. And you know what? As you enter into this next chapter of your life, the Lord may knock some rough edges off. And then you know what? You're going to get to the next chapter. And guess what He's going to do? He's going to keep knocking some more rough edges off of you. And then you're going to get married one day or have babies or whatever you, you know, whatever the Lord's got for you. I do know this. We serve a God of grace. And even in all of my mistakes, in all of my shortcomings, in all of my failures, in all the decisions that I made that were poor decisions, Jesus is good and He is kind and He is forgiving. And He can take all the mess and still make something beautiful out of it. Do you know all we are is a bunch of clay pots? God, God reached down one day and took a handful of dust and breathed in it. And made Adam. Now God could do the same thing. Reached down, took another handful of dust and made Eve, but didn't do that. Put Adam to sleep, took out a rib, and from the rib made Eve. Right? So, but when you think about man and creation, the Bible's really clear in the book of 1 Corinthians that we're just a clay pot. We're just pots of clay. But inside us, the life of Jesus is something extraordinary. And so my prayer for you as you enter into this next season is that you will see yourself as an extension of God's hand. And that, that when you're in Columbia, that God's got you on the mission field there. When you're in Beaufort, God's got you on a mission field there. And in all the other places, I, just, I, see, I see these two and I just remember, remember where they're going. All right, but, but for all of us, God knows, right? God knows the next step. So we trust Him. We trust Him as a nurse. We trust Him. We trust Him. We trust Him. So Lord, today, Lord, we want to we do something just different and out of the ordinary in this invitation. And... Uh, Lord, thank you. I think the Lord just gave me a word. Now, we, we, we'll sing, maybe. <laughs> but, but the Lord just said something to me. And I, I think I'm going to, I think I got to do it or I'd feel bad if I didn't do it. I'm just, I'm going to ask us all to stand. Okay? And, and you, I know that y'all know people better than I know people. But here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If you are close by to one of our graduates... I want you to try to get close to them because I want us to pray over our graduates before we leave today. Okay? So if you need to move, you can move. So I know we've got a graduate here, we've got a graduate here, we've got a graduate there. And, and I, maybe, I, I might have missed somebody. But wherever they are, and it's okay for you to move. I'm giving you permission. It's okay to move. Got a graduate here. I want you to go and I want you to be, I want you to be close to them. 
And, and I know, I mean, you know, I know the COVID thing, we can be careful all that, but if you're comfortable and, I mean, lay your hand on them, and I want us to pray over our graduates. This is a big deal. This is a big deal. And, and so, so I want you to pray, over, and you can pray out loud where you are. It's okay if everybody in this whole room just started praying out loud. God's big enough and He can hear it all. But pray over them that God will have His hand on them. Pray over for God's protection. Pray that they will use this experience and see themselves as, as a missionary. And, and pray that God would give them new friends that would, would, would encourage them and keep them accountable. Pray for their families. This is a big deal even for their families. This is a a time of transition. So pray for mom. Pray for dad. Pray for the grandparents. But begin to pray right now. And then I will close us out in just a second. Pray over them. Lord, today, God, we're so grateful that we get to celebrate the lives of these dear ones who are graduating. God, from the, the 5K all the way through, Lord, what, what a joy. God, thank you for these young men and women and their families. God, a, a lot of sacrifice has taken place. A lot of blood, sweat, and tears. A lot of life experience has already happened. God, thank you for those things. God, thank you that today we can pray over our graduates and literally God commission them and send them out into the mission field. God, we pray that you would sharpen their minds. God, we pray for their education. God, thank you that, that, God, you have uniquely gifted each one and that you have a purpose. And so, Lord, the, the, this, this next step of the journey may be, may be so crucial in the formation of what you have in store for each of them. God, they're going to have new experiences. They're going to meet new people. And God, be exposed to, to things that maybe they've never been exposed to before. And God, many of those things are going to be so helpful and beneficial. And, and they're going to be glory-filled. And, and God, we will, we will thank you for those things. At the same time, Lord, we pray a hedge of protection around each one. God, we pray that you would keep them from the enemy. God, we pray that their, their minds would be sharp and transformed, God, continually by the Word of God. Lord, there, there are going to be some things that they are exposed to that, that may be contrary to your truth. And so, Lord, help them to learn but not be shaped by that. We pray that you would give them a boldness and a and a, a courage, Lord Jesus, to, to, to see themselves as an extension of your hand. God, that they would keep themselves unspotted from the world. God, that their, their integrity, their character, God, would come through. And that, Lord, Lord, they would be the influencers for the gospel. That they would be salt and light. God, we pray that you would give them, Lord, some friends and mentorship around them where they're going to be that will help keep them accountable and God steer them in the right direction should they begin to drift. God, we pray for mom and dad. We pray for the families that are here. And, and Lord, this is a, a big step, a big transition. And God, we pray for those, those parents. Thank you for all that they've done all these years, all the sacrifices that they have made. And now, God, they're, they're watching that son, that daughter become young men and young women. And, and, and God, they're, they're, they're getting ready for a major transition. We pray, God, that you would just give the parents peace and grace. And, God, we pray that you would just uh, allow them not to be anxious and worry, but, God, to, to, to have a, a heart that is full of trust. That, God, we, we place our kids in your hands. God, they're your kids. Lord, I thank you for my own family, but I realize, God, every child you gave us was not ours. It was truly yours.
And we were steward as a parent. And yet God now to watch them on their own. And growing. And God, what a beautiful thing. And so Lord, thank you. Thank you for today. We pray God for this church. That, that Lord, we would see how important it is to, to be the church. And to, to impact young hearts and young minds. Because they're, they're a vital part of the church Today, And so, God, we pray that souls would be saved, lives would be healed, families are going to be restored, even as a result of this time of prayer and sending. And God, we entrust each of these young people to your care. And God, thank you for all that you've done, and thank you for all that you are going to do. And we pray this together in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen and Amen.